This Podcast Movement 2022 audio session is brought to you by Supporting Cast, the best way to sell and deliver exclusive podcasts. And special thanks to PM22 Virtual Ticket Presenting Sponsor, Amazon Music. So welcome to this panel on show art. Thank you all so much for being here. Before we get started, I just want to know a little bit about you all. So raise your hand if you work on a podcast. Great. Raise your hand if you get paid to make your podcast. Okay. Raise your hand if you don't get paid to make your podcast. Excellent. Um, and raise your hand if you can think of podcast show art that you maybe you made it, maybe you didn't make it, that you really love. All right, all right, so everybody kind of has show art that they love. Okay, awesome, so it's great to meet you all. Uh, today we're gonna be talking about how to make show art that you love and that will make a listener into a listener of your show. And you're gonna leave here with like a five-step blueprint for the process of creating art for your existing show or your next show. So to get started, let's just go down and everyone introduce yourself. Hi everyone, I'm Joshua Ray. I work for American Public Media a uh, specific podcast branch called APM Studios. Uh, a couple of the shows that are within APM Studios are The Splendid Table, Brains On, Kids and Family Show. Uh, the Antidote is a new show for us, so excited to kind of break down some of our artwork that is up there a little bit, you can see. Hey everyone, my name is Michelle. I'm the um, marketing manager at Wonder Media Network, which is a mission-driven, women-founded podcast network in New York. Um, a few of our shows that are up here are Womanica and As She Rises. Um, we also launched our first true crime show, I Was Never There, earlier this year at Tribeca. Thanks, Michelle. Hi, everyone. My name is Kristen Hayford. I'm with Elias Studios. Woo! Uh, <laughs> I am the brand communications manager, and uh, LA Studios is also affiliated with our Los Angeles member station, KPCC, so we are public media, and we're definitely mission-driven as well um, towards uh, bringing stories of uh, uh, un... Uh, bringing stories of underrepresented communities to the world. Awesome. I'm Galen Beebe. I'm an independent producer and the former editor of the Bellow Collective, which is a publication for podcast criticism, recommendation, industry news. So the first step in our process is to establish your purpose. So obviously you need something that will go in the little box in the podcast app that shows the name of your show. But what else does show art do? Uh, show art does a lot. It's um, basically you're taking the story, the content that you're creating, and you're conveying it in a visual way. Um, many times it can be challenging to do that, but um, yeah, you want to be able to show the listeners what they're going to get, and it's a visual challenge. Um, but if you do it well, you can really attract a lot of new listeners. I also think that show art helps you create, I mean, it's the first thing that somebody sees, obviously, and then it's also part of the larger show brand. Um, and I think that we're gonna talk about this a little bit more later, but it's not just what's on the podcast platform, it's also how you are branding your show on social media or um, in any other kind of in-person or out-of-home campaigns, out-of-home marketing. Um, so it kind of helps tie the entire marketing campaign together into one tile. <laughs> What does out-of-home marketing mean? 
Out of home, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> out of home um, marketing is any type of advertising that you are seeing out of your home. So that can be a billboard. Um, when we launched I Was Never There at Tribeca, we actually, it was our first time doing out of home advertising with a podcast. Um, and we got digital trucks to drive around New York City and play our podcast. And so everybody at Tribeca was like, you guys are the one that have the truck, right? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we're the one that has the truck. Um, but so it's, it, it doesn't have to be trucks. It can be taxi tops, billboards, um, any place that has either a digital you know, space or um, print campaigns as well. We, if anyone's taking notes, we did uh, prep for this. So uh, there are a couple things that we think are like highlighting under the establish your purpose. One being the listeners, like making sure it's their first point of contact with your show before they even listen. So the artwork, like you can see, you can see here the beautiful artwork for uh, the LAist human nature. It just it kind of jumps out at you. You see that even before you read the description or know about it. Uh, you're marketing to platforms. The platforms love good artwork. And so you want to always consider, uh, you know, you can't always be featured, but if you can try to build a relationship with there or submit your show to be featured, it's much more likely if you have good artwork. Uh, and then, like Michelle said, the, the branding is another thing, too. So just wanted to highlight those in case you're taking notes. OK, awesome. So next up, we have consider your mission. So podcast art, like you said, is an extension of your brand. And the first step to making great podcast art is actually finding an artist to work with. So how do you find artists? How do you source artists? How do you talk to artists? And how do you make sure that you have somebody who will be able to actually represent the brand? I think as a marketer, it's really important to work really closely with the host and the production team. You want to know what their vision is for the show. And a lot of times when you're in these meetings, the show hasn't been made yet. And so a lot of things are still to come and you're kind of figuring it out along the way. But if, if your host has a clear mission and vision, I should say, for what they're looking to do, which a good show should. Um, example above is our podcast Snooze by Megan Tan. Uh, Megan came to us with an artist in mind and had this vision, this beautiful vision of, um, you know, the podcast is about the things we put off. And a lot of times that's the things that are deep seated fears or things that you've been procrastinating on. So she had this really cool idea of using flowers because it's all in your head. And so, but that can be beautiful. So uh, we worked with an artist, a local artist in LA. Um, I think on the marketing side, you know, we come in and we know the process so we can get the invoices paid and get things moving on the, um, just making sure things move along kind of project managing. Um, but I think having that really uh, clear vision from the host um, can, can really make it or break it. Um, so I think spending a lot of time really thinking about what you're trying to accomplish um, will get you to what you're looking for. Even though you don't start off knowing what it is, so you have to take time. Um, and, and to that the same effect, we were able to, we didn't have marketing budget to, um, you know, get every episode tiled produced by the same artist, but working closely with the artists and getting their, um, you know, getting their way in on doing episodic artwork with our in-house team um, was really key for our relationship and our relationship building um, because art is very personal and many artists, you know, they want to know where their art's going and they want to be paid for where it goes. So we want to be, we want to honor that too. Um, so I think with Snooze, we got really lucky having the ability to 
do the in-house art for episodic um, that, again, we were able, Megan had a great vision for those episodes, and uh, you'll see this episode um, is about Help Me Become a Drag Queen, and as you can tell, it's very vibrant. I think our in-house uh, designer did a wonderful job uh, bringing some of the images that the team were giving him as, like, the idea um, and incorporating the same elements of the original art so it flowed really seamlessly. Uh, and one thing that I'll add to that too is, I mean, depending on the range of your show, if you are looking to hire an artist or if you are just going to try to do everything yourself, I think these points are important to, to think about uh, when you're prepping your artwork or your own brief, if you're going to be the one doing it. Like, what, what's the, what is your mission? What do you want people to, to see? Uh, and one other thing that I'll mention, if you're looking for an artist, I think it's important to think about the, like, the identity of the audience. Like, who are you trying to reach with this show? And can you find someone who is uh, an artist or a designer who also, like, really knows that content well? Um, whether they're, like, I know one of our shows, um, you can go to the next slide, actually. So this artwork that's in green that has the food, that's for one of our, sh our food shows called The One Recipe. Uh, and it's a, it branched out from The Splendid Table, uh, which was a long-standing food show for us. And we wanted to really reach a younger audience, uh, still talking about food, uh, but just have fun with it. And, and illustrations was something we had in mind. Um, but reaching a younger, more diverse audience, the host uh, is just so vibrant, and we kind of wanted the artwork to reflect that. And so we looked for artists on Instagram, and we found Jana, uh, who had never done cover art before. And we reached out, and were able to uh, pay Jana for her work and, and create kind of a brand campaign um, that aligned with, with kind of the voice that we wanted for our show. So again, there might not always be a budget, but um, you could always reach out to the artist and see what could happen if you're not an artist yourself. So I want to follow up on that. What do you, like we have people who are working across a range of show sizes, show topics. Um, how much should somebody expect to spend in terms of time, money, um, yeah, uh, on their show art. You want to take that? You want me to take? Oh, you go ahead. No, no, no. You take it. I'm, I work with the designer. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so it ranges. We kind of we we try and get some marketing budget, so we have a pretty large budget to use for the the art because I think it's such an important component to your discoverability and just your listeners. So thankfully, we you know I'll put out some numbers. We were spending two thousand to five grand most on some podcast artwork. Um, but this is stuff that we can build out and kind of do whatever we need to. We get full rights. Um, we've worked with some artists that um, we actually have a project right now that we're working with an artist who's creating components of the tile artwork. So they're not even doing the full design. They're kind of creating, creating these elements, sending them through a PSD that will be you know, layered so we can kind of take the elements and do what we want. So it's a really interesting creative approach where we didn't have the full budget to basically pay to have them do the full tile. So that was kind of a workaround that our team figured out. And again, like we have a great designer in-house who is creative and able to take those elements and, and build it all seamlessly together. Um, but yeah, budget and time, time, <laughs> again, it's, you always want 
you always want to have things done early, but um, I think the nature of podcasts, at least on the marketing side at, at LA Studios, you know, you don't sometimes know really what the show's going to be about until a couple months before launch. Um, I don't know if you guys have that experience at where you are, but you really have to try and give as much time as you can. In the past, like, like for example, right now with the show I just mentioned, we're still waiting on the final assets and we launch next week. So, you know, it can be fun. It can be a, a ride. But um, I think ideally, if you can get show art, obviously two weeks before launch finalized so that you have it for Apple, um, that you have enough time to then build out the additional assets that you want to put digitally or anywhere else you want to use them. Um, but two weeks is kind of like our goalpost, uh, even if it moves a lot. <laughs> um. Um, I'm completely spoiled because I work with the best designer ever. We have, um, her name's Aria Goodman, and she works full-time at Wonder Media Network. Um, so I can't speak as much to the, the sourcing artists and, and paying them because she's a full-time employee, but on the time front, we are very upfront with our hosts that we're going to do three rounds of art. And the first round is usually more direction and, you know, looking at color palettes and styles and do we want photos? Do we want illustration? And, and kind of that first layer. Um, but we try and make it very clear to our hosts that obviously we want to get the art right and we and Aria is great and we trust her and I promise you that we will get it right but we're not going to go back and forth you know editing this thing for for 10 rounds because that's that's not fair and obviously we do have a drop dead date of um the show launch and I have been I, uh, two weeks is is ideal <laughs> and I I do check in with our designer once a week to talk about upcoming projects and make sure that everything feels good and that she has enough space and time creatively to kind of put all of these ideas together. Um, but I have also been in the situation where I'm uploading show assets the night before a launch um, because we're making some final tweaks and that, you know, that's, that's okay too. <laughs> I have one more thing to say. Um, just again on deadlines, sometimes in the past two we've We've sent in a dummy uh, tile, so we'll get approved and have everything like running, and then swap out the tile, you know, the night before. So that's something that we do too sometimes. I'll I'll just add to so I um, before I got to APM, I previously at a former job was at a company called Radio Public, and we um, my colleague had wrote wrote a great article about generating podcast artwork that reflects your show's brand, so you can look that up um, online. But we interviewed a couple different artists and, and podcasters to kind of get a range. Uh, and uh, I think it, it depends. So here's some numbers that I'll throw out to you. Um, licensing an image, and this was a couple years ago, uh, was around 150 to 300 just to license an image. Uh, commissioning original work uh, could range from 250 to 1,000 to a couple thousand. Um, again, you want to pay the artists like what's fair and what they deserve. Um, and so that's why I think like there was a situation, not for this show, but for another show where the artist came to us and they were like, I you know, is this, is this enough? And we said, actually, no, what we've been paying our other artists is this. And so like, I think just if you have the money, please pay them what is due. Um, and then I think another important part is like, 
what are they designing for you? Is it just podcast art or is it your whole brand? And so I think that's where you get into a couple thousand dollars when you're getting a logo, you're getting like your fonts, all of the colors, uh, potential artwork that you can use in social in addition to just your podcast cover art. So again, it depends based on how big you are and, and how much money you have to spend, but I would really encourage you to spend money if you have it because this is the first thing people see um, and you can then use that asset a lot when you're sharing it on social or other places. Um, one smart person that I know wrote for Bello a ton and, and also was quoted in this piece, Amanda McLaughlin from Multitude, who's very smart in this space and you should look up what Amanda said, uh, said if you're gonna spend money on your podcast, spend 85 on a microphone and every other dollar you have spend on show art and branding. <laughs> so just like keep that in, into consideration. It's good advice. Okay, so next up we have, which you guys have already been referencing a ton, think beyond the tile. There are so many aspects of podcast art that go beyond just what you see in there, whether it's uh, uh, colors that you can kind of dissociate from the art and use somewhere else, and also um, that, that it can exist outside of that app in all of these different spaces. So how else can you use that show art beyond just in apps? Yeah, and this is actually, um, this is from Women's History Month in 2021, where we, where Women Founded Network were mostly featuring female hosts, and we um, wanted to create specific artwork around that that we were submitting to platforms, because we worked with especially Stitcher um, during Women's History Month to promote a lot of our shows, and we, we needed um, assets that incorporated from across our, you know, hosts from across our network. But um, when I try and make life as easy as possible for our designer and that does require a lot of upfront kind of planning and work on the marketing side to say not only do we need this tile and this is what I think it should be but we also are going to want to submit art to platforms we're also going to have this exact campaign on social I also think you know you don't have to do everything on social you don't have to do LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok like it, it and YouTube it doesn't have to be across everywhere. If you have, if a host has an audience that's specifically on one platform, or if you feel really comfortable and good on a specific platform, you know, or if there's one platform that's maybe best for your show, that's totally okay. But I try and think about what is the social going to look like every week and incorporate that into the brief that I'm handing to the artist to say, this is what we're going to be running each week. So how can we incorporate other elements from the show that might not fit on the tile, but can fit on the, on the, in the other marketing kind of initiatives that we're running. Um, I was never there with the one that we had the truck for was obviously a unique case where we had to kind of design a full on advertising campaign that went way beyond the tile. Um, but again, as much as possible, I'm listing out all of the outlets and places that we are going to be advertising in and have a presence in for the show um, to our designers. So that way we can, she can design it and then anything that she wants to include, she knows that she has multiple spots to include it and it doesn't have to fit on a tiny little square. Yeah. Um, I think with the tile art, it's, you know, we're, we've all been at this conference this week and hearing how it's so important to be multi-platform. And I think thinking that and considering that in your tile art in ways that it can live in other places, whether it's video format, uh, YouTube, you know, 
the whole nine yards. Um, it's really important to just be able to think outside the box and make sure that your art could live outside the box. Um, one example that we're trying to do creatively with one of our show, upcoming shows is we're working with a muralist um, and thinking of ways, like she's, um, she's done plenty of murals throughout LA and how we can work with her network to get our show art on the side of a building in LA. So that's just like an example of just how we're kind of approaching the art in just beyond the tile. One, one other example that I want to add, uh, think, think about where your audience is too. So there was a, a podcast that I worked with in Boston that had a show about um, like book reviews. And so I wanted to make a little, um, uh, what is the word for, thank you, a bookmark. Uh, so you, you could just like hand those out at the library to people and it would have the show art on it. So like think about where your artwork is going to live and then you can like design it for that. So just be considerate about who you're trying to reach, where you're going to reach them, and then you can think about how the artwork fits in that space. Yeah, that's a great point. Thank you. I think something that I hear you all saying is basically like it is a branding tool, it is a marketing tool, but it is also artwork. And so you can think creatively about all of the ways that that artwork can appear in the world. What about thinking about um, how your art is going to play going into the apps with all of the other shows on an app within your portfolio, what it's going to appear next to? Next one. Oh. Boom. Uh, so I think very important to think about how your show fits in the category. So this is one of our shows, Mood Ring. Um, it's about self-care. And uh, one of the things we wanted to initially look at is what, what does our category look like and what are some of the colors being used? So another one of our shows at the time was Terrible Thanks for Asking um, has this yellow. There's a ton of shows that have yellow in them that are thinking about self-care and mental health, there's Happiness Lab, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Radio Headspace, like there's a ton of shows. So know, know where your podcast is gonna fit and like what are the other shows in your category and are you going to stand out? Are you gonna be just like them? Uh, I think is very important to consider. And then also, like we all have networks and so we're, we're thinking how does this show fit in our network? Does it, is it like, you know, if we're showing you all of our shows, does it fit within that? Um, also, we have kids programs as well, and so thinking about how, like, they line up together. Um, if you're, you know, you have your own show, does it fit with your personal brand? Do you have a book? Do you have a website? Do they all kind of mesh, or does the podcast stand apart? So I think those are all things to think about. I actually, I'm just going to pass it to Kristen. I think yeah. I know you really, I was like, I have nothing to add. You did it. You nailed all the points. <laughs> well, I have some follow-up questions there. I feel like so many of the considerations with show art are about balancing things that seem like they could be in conflict. Like, how do you use trends from your show genre that will indicate to your audience, this is true crime, this is wellness, this is, you know, a celebrity interview show, but also stand out and make you, your show distinct? Thoughts on that? Yeah, I, we actually, we redesigned um, what we have the show, Majority 54. It's a weekly political news show with um, Jason Kander and Ravi Gupta. And we, um, originally it was bright yellow. <laughs> and we just went through a redesign in January of this year, kind of in, in anticipation for um, the midterm elections. And 
um, we realized that every single, or a lot of the most popular political podcasts are in red, blue, and white. And originally we were like, do we want to be like everyone else? Do we not want to be like everyone else? But, but previously, when you looked at the yellow majority 54, you had no idea what it was or what it was about. So we did actually really embrace the kind of traditional color palette of politics in America, um, along with an, an old um, kind of American road sign where the 54 is. And so that was a case where we were like, we don't want to surprise you with this art. We want you to look at this show and know exactly what... Um, what, what it is and what category it's in. Uh, we have another show that's launching in a few weeks from now called Teaching Texas, uh, which is the, we're in Texas, so this is great. Um, it's, the, uh, it's an audio documentary about the history of education in America and how one family in Texas really um, advocated for Christian influences to be put into American public education. And um, in that case, we're really trying to surprise our audience with the show art. So we have some religious imagery. It kind of looks like a yearbook. We're maybe drawing or doodling on it. Um, and that was a case where we were like, we do want to surprise our audience. We want it to stand out and still feel historical, but um, bring people in to be like, what exactly is that? What about having consistency across the show brand? Again, like this might not be true for every independent producer, but you all work on networks with multiple shows. How do you have a consistent brand across the shows while also making every show distinct? It's a tough question because you want to be able to let the show stand alone in a way. Uh, but again, the association with your network, you want people to know where you're like, oh, there's more. <laughs> um, I think they're, I think leaving room for the opportunity to rebrand, like Michelle was saying, is, is a good door to keep open. Um, right now, we're, we have a um, second season or kind of a part two to one of our podcasts, the big, the big one about earthquakes in LA. And it's a very, yeah, very survival guide type. And, and we have one coming up in September called The Big Burn. So it'll be about fires. And, you know, this was something, you know, the big one came out in 2019 and this is years you know years later that we're now finally about to do a second part to that um, we didn't have the foresight in 2019 to think that this would be a branded project and you know I think that's a lot of studios like you don't have the foresight you want to see how that there's a lot that goes into I think a, sh being, a show being made but I think keeping the door open for a rebrand is definitely key um, and just giving yourselves the flexibility uh, to change things if it's not working. We also, we have a little um, Wonder Media Network stamp that goes on each one of our shows. Um, and that is kind of how we try and tie in all of our shows into one network. We do, if you look at our show art all together, it, it looks very different. And some we're using photography and some we're really using graphic images and some we're using um, uh, drawing or illustration. Um, but the stamp goes on every single one of our shows. We're not afraid to change its color, its size, its placement. Sometimes it's like half off <laughs> and that's, you know, that's in our brand guidelines, that's okay. But um, from our network perspective, that's kind of our touch point across all of these things. Um, but we do let each show kind of stand on its own. Um, so that way it is incorporated into all of that show's branding and we still get our little stamp everywhere. 
Yeah, I would just reiterate, I think it's super important. And, and you can see an, see an example for us, too. I think a couple years ago, we didn't have the APM Studios. You can see that it's on two shows up there. You can even see the LAS logo um, down there in the, in the corner. So I think if you have multiple shows, it's important to have some through line. And so a, a logo or some branding can do that. Um, Fonts, like just think of ways that it can be connected and someone can look at a sheet and see how they're in the same group or network. Excellent. So our next section is about creating show briefs. And I just want to say one thing that you had mentioned, Michelle, making a brand guideline. I feel like this is really important and, and helpful even for shows, even if you're just an independent producer making for yourself, to create some sort of brand guideline that you can reference back to and use as kind of a... a like almost guardrails for yourself. Um, and that kind of ties into our next section, which is once you've hired a designer or you've set out to do this on your own within whatever program you're using, um, what's the process of actually creating a brief for a designer or for yourself? Is that yeah. useful? No, I mean, I think you t you hit the nail on the head with, with brand guidelines. I can't tell you how many times I've been making like supplementary assets and the brand guy go back to the brand guidelines and I'm like, what's the font? What size am I supposed to use? What's the color code? And just keeping that consistency is really great. Um, we usually, uh, pr probably about two or three months before show launch, will provide um, our, a brief to our designer. Um, at this point, there's a pretty standard list of kind of file sizes and assets we will need for not just the tile, but on the platform. Um, I spoke a little bit about this earlier, but we also at that point are trying to figure out exactly what we want and what we're doing for social and other types of marketing or advertising campaigns that will also usually go in that brief with um, zip files of kind of uh, what, what the exact kind of technical guidelines are. Um, but then on the creative side, we do, uh, this is where we really, we come all together, producers, marketing, and the designer to talk through exactly um, what the uh, what the show art should look like and what the what the vibe should be. I think that Kristen said this really well earlier when talking about um, working with hosts. You you want to say like what show art do you like or even you know what are you what have you seen recently in the wild that you have, you were really attracted to? What do you want people to to think of immediately when they see this show? Um, for that show, Teaching Texas, when we were working with our our host, um, she was saying like I wanted to and I was like audio documentary history. Serious, got it. And she was like, I want it to be comical. Like, I want people to, because the whole thing, it was, she was like, I find this whole story so absurd because it was this one family um, that I want people to look at it and think that, like, it's laughable. And that's not something that I would have gotten in a paragraph description about what the show is. That's only something I was going to get if, I, if we sat down and talked to her and she was saying, yes, like, I, I want people to think that this is a little ridiculous and I want that absurdity you know, broadcast to, to everybody. Um, so we, we do have that meeting that, and all of the kind of notes and conversations and takeaways from that meeting go into this brief. Um, and you do have to ask your host to do a little bit of pre-work ahead of time, right? And really think about, and really think about it. Um, but ultimately, on the, the creative side, working with a, a great designer, they end up you know, taking all of that information in and producing something that's incredible. Uh, another thing to, that I'll, I'll add to that um, is 
provide as much as you can if, if it's not you creating this. If you're working with an artist, like make sure that you provide audio. Like it's a big difference. You want them to hear the show, hear the content, like as much description as you have, any like other guidelines we talked about, making sure it matches across your portfolio. So if you have like logos that need to stay in there, colors that need to match other things that you have with your other shows, or just like if you're a part of a network, those are good to consider. Uh, if it's for yourself, I think having reference images, like things that you like and that are inspiration for you, whether it's for an artist or for yourself, can really like help point you in a direction of where you want to go with your artwork. Um, it's really important when we're working with artists, even for we do some episode artwork, uh, to give the artist a, a point to start to. Like we have a kids show called Smash Boom Best, where there are uh, they debate two things in a, in an episode. There's a recent one was about jeans versus shoes, and they would debate and and figure out which one was better. And so there's multiple different ways you could draw jeans and shoes. Uh, and so working with our artists, we sent we sent a, along a couple example images. Like this is kind of what we're thinking, and then they can work off of that. So I think it's important to just like have some idea in mind if you are the host or main producer um, of what you're envisioning for this and having some examples to pass along as well. And then what audio do you send to them? Like, how do they actually get a sense of the show? Whatever you have. I mean, like, if you have episodes, great, send those. If you have a trailer, that's all that's produced, um, share that with them. I think just share as much as you can so they get, get an idea of, of what the show is and then better uh, create artwork that will reach, you know, that'll have the vibe of... Because you don't want someone to see a show, artwork, and then click on it and start listening and it just doesn't match. Ideally, it just is all together. I don't I just will add on really quickly because this is our show. I was never there. And this was one of the rare instances where this the whole process was about two years of on-the-ground reporting and then putting the, the episodes together. Um, so it was one of the rare instances where we did have a version one of a trailer that we were sending out, um, like a Sizzler reel. And so we did give that to our designer in the brief. Um, but that doesn't always happen. Sometimes it is whatever you, whatever you have. Um, and we have before looked at not just reference artwork, but reference podcasts. Like, this is going to sound like this. So this is what we're trying to, to come across or get across. And I think it's really important in the feedback, you know, in the, in the process of getting the first comps and the second comps, you know, you want to make sure that the story is being conveyed in the artwork, that the quality of the production is being conveyed, and that essentially the essence of the show is being conveyed. So the story, the essence, and the quality are all really important things that we look into and consider, um, especially when we're getting feedback from our producers and our hosts. Like, you know, it's hard to sometimes crowdsource all of that. I'm currently doing it right now, and it's, it's just a lot to put together, but I think cutting through a lot of that with those three questions helps a lot. So kind of go back to the mission as you're wrangling potentially a large team of people who have diverse interests and goals. Very different opinions, too, sometimes. <laughs> um, okay, awesome. And then one person or a couple of you mentioned episode art and creating new art for new seasons, even if things haven't completely changed or maybe they have. How do you make those decisions? Because that sounds like an, another huge kind of investment. Yeah, I, I can talk a little bit about that. We... Um, that is usually a market. It's a marketing decision that's made in concert with our designer. If we have an interview show called The Brown Girl's Guide to Politics, and 
uh, we ha- host Ashanti Golar is incredible, and she's interviewing women of color throughout all levels of politics, whether that's ran for a school board election or Kamala Harris. And um, the but like the style of the show doesn't change, it ha- has not changed that much for the last three seasons, and that's great. She has built this audience; they like this content, and it is just we're doing it seasonally rather than always on. So that doesn't need a you know that's an easy one for us to say. You know what? We don't need to redesign this for a new season. That's completely okay. Um, for another one of our shows, As She Rises, um, which I think there's episode art a little bit later on, um, we did decide to do episodic art um, that we, but we did it because we were using it not just um, not just in the not just in the platform, but also across social. So that was like, if you're putting in the work to do episode art where, you know, don't just have it in one place, reuse it. And we were also sending out a newsletter for it. We also worked with um, APM on As She Rises to do a, a crossover with The Slowdown. And that art was getting used in multiple places. So putting more effort in, in that case, made sense. But um, knowing where we were going to use it and what our marketing plan was, it, it that effort, again, was worth it. So knowing that up front is usually how those decisions are made. And it's usually a marketing decision in concert with a designer to get a bandwidth check to make sure that she has enough time and space to do, uh, to execute. And money check too, right? Like how much money do you have to spend on this? If you've just spent a ton on your cover art, you might not have it for episode art. So I think that's another consideration uh, to, to keep in mind. And uh, you're also building brand equity too with with the, the logo or the cover art. So if people start to know that, you don't necessarily want to switch it up on them. So that's another thing to keep, keep in mind and we try to keep it consistent as much as we can. So it sounds like episode art is a nice to have, but not essential and make sure you have a good return on the investment in that. Yes, and, and also consider what you're gonna use it for. Like the example I just mentioned, the kids show, like sometimes we'll print those off and there'll be coloring pages for the kids. And so it, it just, it depends, you know, what's the purpose of the episode art? Are you gonna post it on YouTube and then it's different, having different image each time? Like just consider where you wanna use it versus just creating just to create. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So we, Again, I think it like episode art is definitely or uh, episodic art is a nice to have, but I think it, it it's one of those things where you can go deeper and explore deeper. If there's ways that you can have like merch using the episodic art, like again, like thinking that multi-platform and like if it makes sense for your show to have just more places to have art um, that. Also, if you have the budget, um, I think it's a great a great thing to have. Awesome. So we asked one of the designers, this is Michelle's designer, Aria, um, to actually share from her perspective what what the experience is like. So what's the process of creating podcast artwork like for you? She said, it's actually good when we know when I know very little beforehand because it forces each of us to be articulate and ask questions. That will often lead to nuanced discussions as we carve out what part of the show should sit at the visual forefront and what we can keep hidden until someone listens. It's interesting... Uh, part of the process is determining determining what doesn't need to be in the art. I thought that was really interesting because um, it's, it's kind of like a teaser. Uh, and then what's the most important part of the creative brief? Um, the art is a visual bookmark, but it's also a narrative tool. So how do we want to set up the story? What do we want people to think this is about? Um, yeah, I think that's another really interesting way to think about that. So we're going to wrap up with just a little part about trusting the process. So what is it like to actually iterate? How do you set up expectations of everyone involved? And how do you get to the final product? 
Yeah, and I'll, I'll speed through this just so we can have a couple minutes for questions. This is one of our kids' shows that rebranded, actually. The reason for the rebrand, because it had been multiple years, um, and so we, we needed kind of a refresh, uh, relaunch. So the one that we went with is actually the bottom left with the bookshelf. Um, and as you can imagine, on a team, there's a ton of different opinions, as Kristen was saying. And so it's, it's kind of figuring out, are those just like personal preferences, like someone on the team doesn't like red? Or is there a reason um, why you like one more than the other? whether it's fonts or what it makes you think of. And so I think it's important to kind of gather all the notes, trust the designer, um, and kind of what, what they think uh, would, would play best, but also trust, like, if you're doing the research to see how it'll play in the in this space, um, say that and, and let the team know why you think it'll work best that way. Anyone else want to add? Okay. And then we have one bonus note from uh, Aria, which is what's a mistake people make? Not necessarily a mistake, but she would like people to stop using pictures um, for, of celebrity headshots for celebrity shows. So that's the takeaway from Aria. So we have just a couple minutes for questions, um, and we have some gift cards. So if you ask a question, you might, you might get a gift card. Thank you so much. Um, I'm curious about, like, font size, <laughs> um, and if there's, like, a minimum font size or just how you internally negotiate scaling the font down to like a player size cover art and losing inevitably the host name or the subtitle. A lot of looking at our phone, looking at the, the art on our phone, seeing it, zooming in, seeing how, visualizing basically where it will live and just seeing if, if you could read it um, is a definitely one of our practices. And I think just keeping what you need on the tile. I mean, we typically, at LA Studios, we'll have the show title um, plus a subtitle potentially and, and, our, and our logo. Um, we don't usually, unless, unless like the subtitle is with a host, will include the host name, but we try and just keep it very, very minimal text just to let the art speak for itself. I'll just add the um, like in situ art, or I think that we had the APM example up here is how we do it. We're not just looking at it um, as a gigantic tile on a TV screen, but we are, like when I get an email, I'll pull it up on my phone. I will ask the art designer to mock it up in the, what it looks like in the platform, and that is really helpful. Okay. Another question. Okay. All right, following up a little bit on the episodic art. Um, so show's been around for six and a half years. We've always had this one logo. We're actually rebranding a little bit, uh, maintaining same color, same concept, but a very a much more graphic, simplest, uh, simpler representation. I want to add episodic art, but I am a little concerned about cost. We talked earlier about general cost. Is the cost for episodic art typically going to be less than it would for, for a title art? Because you're, you're talking about using it for less period of time. You're talking about maybe a shorter time of exposure. Is it typically less expensive? And then secondarily, where do you use it? You, you did talk about it, I don't remember which one of you mentioned this, but the idea of using it in, in the socials and using it all over the place because you are paying for it, but where, where do you want to use it the most? Where do you want to emphasize that over the original you know, primary logo that you're, in my case, people who've been listening for six years are familiar with? Um, I can try and answer that a little, oh, hello? Oh no. Oh wait, there I am. Oh, there I am. Um, look, I, I think episodic art is a little cheaper than the main tile. It's, it's a, deriva a derivative of the main tile, so you can always break it down and play with it, because you're using the same brand, branding guidelines, so you're not having to come up with the full concept 
originally for every tile. Um, but again, it's kind of like how you want to play with it. We were talking to someone yesterday who makes all his episode tiles different, and it's just random and just fun. Um, but to like give off what the episode will be about. Um, but and then as far as like merch and thinking for for LA Studios, um, we had a show California Love where we had episodic artwork, and what we did with it was we created some postcards to send around to folks. So like, it, you know, it can be. Um, you know, that sticky merch where if it's like maybe a mug or, you know, things that you want to start giving away, um, you know, I, I think approach it creatively and think what your audience might like and then think about the merch component there too. Um, I think, yeah, and then it's a standalone. Like, I think you can, like, you know, especially back to the podcast apps, like, you can feature an episode, like, on Apple with that episodic art. Um, yeah, so you can submit just an episode to be featured and get that exposure. Okay, so we are out of time, unfortunately, but we I will hang out. I assume others will hang out, so come up and ask us questions. This is a resources page. Uh, I highly recommend taking a picture of it. it. shows you where you can find artists, how you can design your own artwork. Um, and then uh, once everybody kind of does that, then I will put back up where you can find us all on social. So thank you all so much for coming. I hope you had a, a nice time, and I look forward to seeing all of your podcasts in the app. <laughs>